1: Hello and welcome to the Filmmakers Podcast This is a podcast where we talk filmmaking From indie film to studio films and everything in between How to get them made, how to make them and how to try not to F it up In our very, very humble opinion Today we're talking about action movies and how to direct them With *Born Ultimatum and Street Fighter's Joey Anser Hi, I'm Giles Alderson, co-writer and director of the psychological horror film The Dare and the feature documentary World of Darkness and a producer of the pitch black comedy A Serial Killer's Guide to Life. Joining me is producer and star of Retribution and Disney's TV show The Lodge and ambassador for the Born Free Foundation, it's Dan Richardson. Hello Dan.
0: Hello mate. How are you doing? I love that intro. Thanks. Yours I meant.
1: Right, my actual name. Yeah, yours is better. So, yeah, yeah. Well, makes we, you sound I, important. I can add more than yours sounds important, Born thank you. Free.
0: Yeah, thanks.
1: You. Um, how's your week?
0: Brilliant! I'm going to LA next week. What
1: are you doing? I'm a business. Brilliant! <laughs> <laughs> that sounds great. No, yeah. are you just going there on holiday? No, I am
0: on... working up, but it's uh, it's uh, it's off the radar at the moment. Is it? Mm. Yeah. I'm not allowed to say, but I will. Okay, good.
1: We'll look forward to that. Yeah, I've been writing a, a script this week and last week, but I'm really excited about it. It's a comedy. It's different to what I normally do. But um, yeah, I've been working with my friend Noel Sullivan, and we've been. Putting it together. Very nice. exciting. Very Great. exciting. I'll tell you more when I can. The same with you. Can't say yet. Yeah. Not that anyone's going to steal it. No. But, but you're already, you actually can't say for legal reasons, I, 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 right?
0: Well, yeah, pretty much. But I hope when I come back from LA, I can. Great. So maybe we'll have a chat about it
1: then. Right, how long have you gone for just so I know I can keep the bed warm? <laughs> a, week, a week and three days. Three days? Yeah. All right, is that flight time as well?
0: That's including flight times and time difference this is
1: boring great great you asked (laughs) I did ask (laughs) we are coming at you from Just Voices Studio today it's a brilliant studio and very very reasonably priced if you want a central London studio without the central London prices then this is the place for you visit them at justvoicesagency.com speak to Simon speak to Lee you're doing a podcast you're doing a voiceover you need some extra ADR work come and speak to them here they'll give you great rates mention the Filmmakers Podcast Right, subscribe to us on iTunes, um, like, share, all that kind of stuff with this. it means the world to us, it makes a lot of difference. Welcome. Why not check out our previous podcast about filmmaking with Kingsman actor Mark Strong, chatting in depth about working with directors Vaughan, Scott, Ritchie and Boyle. Or The Stolen Team, chatting about how to make an indie western starring Jack Davenport and Alice Eve. Or at ep with Jamie Thraves and Phil Bowman, who talk us through how to go from music videos to feature films. And the latest feature film, Pickups, which stars Aidan Gillen. And that's just a few of them. Right, let's get to today's show and today's guest. We're talking with filmmaker... Director, writer, actor, action star, all round badass, Joey Answer. Welcome to the show. Woo!
2: Good to be here. Thank very, you very much.
1: Very good to have you, Joe. Um, I'm gonna start out reading your credits for what you've been doing. Um, from the beginning, Joey started off doing Left for Dead, Batman Begins, who's in that Love Struck. Then he got his big Hollywood break. came in the form of him being cast in Bourne Ultimatum, directed by the legend Paul Greengrass, in which he plays Desh, the Blackfriar super assassin, working for the CIA who goes up against Jason Bourne in that epic fight scene regarded by one review as one of the best ever filmed in which Joey performed all his own stunts. He was nominated for MTV Award for Best
2: Fight, category, correct? Indeed, we were robbed. It went to Never Back Down, I should note. That's ridiculous. Politics, we'll get onto that later. Yeah, I think we will, <laughs> indeed. Um,
1: he then went on to make... Uh, to star in underground ghost town hit girls um, with our good friend Gillian McGregor who was in Stolen and was on the podcast do listen to that Uh, then he did um, Knockout Attack the Block Snow White and the Huntsman UFO the numbers station Green Street 3 and in the middle of all that he choreographed, co-wrote and directed the short film Street Fighter Legacy he carried on that recently by collaborating with Christian Howard worked on the live action Street Fighter series Street Fighter Assassin's Fist and they're developing the second season titled Street Fighter World War and Street Fighter Resurrection. Correct.
2: Well, yeah, right. w- Resurrection is actually out.
1: Resurrection is out.
2: Is out. Where is it? Where can we see it? So, well, here's a can of worms. But, well, right. Let's start. So, Assassin's Fist, it's, it's everywhere. Easy to f- view. DVD, Blu-ray... HBO Asia, Hulu in the States, Netflix here, you know, we couldn't have asked for a better distribution rollout, but we had the headache of finance raising Right versus no headache finance raising, but no control over distribution and slightly irked fan base who Mm. can't view it. You
1: know, yeah, and mixing those two up. Let's jump back a bit because mm. we, we, we we'll come back to Street Fighter because there's so much we want to talk to you about, especially the action side of it and how you shot it. But let's let's jump back to how you started yourself and your okay. journey into, you know, now being this. You know, you've directed some big things, Street Fighter, and you've been in some big movies. Let's start with your journey. How did mm. it start for you? How did you get interested in filmmaking?
2: I guess my journey into uh, show business is, I guess, linked to martial arts. I've been a lifelong martial artist. and
1: uh, Who were your heroes? There's sort of Jackie Chan, right? All the the cliché. Jackie Chan,
2: Bruce Lee, Van Damme, you know, Stallone, Arnold. Mm -hmm. A lot of these people are still big idols and, and inspirations for me. As you evolve... Less so necessarily in just watching their movies, but their stories, the mm. stories behind these people's uh, route to to stardom and, yeah. and what they went through. Anyone who knows Stallone's story for incredible. getting Rocky made, right? Yeah. Incredible
1: story. Oh, wow. The, it, how did he do it? You know, it's yeah. it's so,
2: so incredible. Exactly. And those people make you believe that the little man can take on the system mm-hmm. and actually get something made and uh an oscar nominated for it as well complete same with matt damon right yeah my big break as you mentioned working on born to to chat for hours on end with matt about his journey and to hear a guy who's at the time multi-millionaire yeah you, you know most bankable star in hollywood but him saying he remembers when he he had Everything he owned in a duffel bag and he was couch surfing around LA for years mm-hmm. for years. And it wasn't till Goodwill Hunting popped off that that it happened. And the case where he did Courage Under Fire with Meg Ryan and Denzel, which That's was right. his big break, right? Mm-hmm. And he did he lost all that weight yep. playing that you know, he became a heroin addict, the character mm-hmm. after the sort of um main military event in the film. And I remember him telling me that When the film debuted, he read the reviews and he wasn't mentioned in a single review because it was so, it had such a big ensemble star The names were
1: so big around him, yeah. He
2: was ignored and it's like he said he was in and out of hospital, I think for at least a year because of his thyroid damage and stuff from losing that much weight. Going into a kind of depression after that almost inspired him to move sideways and get a film made, do you know what I mean? Mm. And that, that, to meet someone that's done it who's about 10 years older than me at the time
1: still is i imagine yeah <laughs> yeah who knows um, it gave
2: me the inspiration so that's kind of what i did with 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 street fighter but mm. but back going back i i am uh diverting uh going off course so martial arts yep um i think stunts so this is the interesting thing initially uh because in the 80s, uh, you could become an action star if you had a good body, a good face, and some good moves.
1: Yeah, you didn't need to be able to say lines that well. No, you not could really. sort of get away exactly. with it. Exactly. It's, sort of. it's,
2: it's the concept that B-movies had theatrical releases back in the 80s, mm. something that doesn't happen now. So any kid growing up as a martial artist potentially thinks, I could become an action star, mm. and you think, maybe slightly naively at the time, that... Becoming a stuntman and becoming an action star are one and the same. You later realize that's not the case. Yeah. And I think there was a the big story, almost urban legend of Ray Park, right? Who played Darth Maul uh, yes, in, in yeah, Star big Wars. Story. Supposedly, the story went that he was originally brought on to stunt double Darth Maul. And there was another actor on board. Oh. But once Lucas saw Ray doing his thing, he was like, Fuck the other guy. You're you're gonna be more, mm. and suddenly that's your ticket to to the big time. Mm. You're now above the line cast. Yes. So a, a lot of people thought, "Fuck it. That's that's what we're gonna do." Mm. So that was the route I was training to get on the British Stunt Register, and uh, whilst at university doing a degree in human biology. I landed uh, sort of a stunt extra role in Batman Begins yeah. as one of the one uh, of the guys. Yeah, right? the League of yeah. Shadows. League of Shadows, nin- ninja up up in the mountains. Yeah. And that was a real um
1: I opener, surely, to yeah. see something that big, you know. It's huge. And production. Nolan. I mean and Nolan, er, Nolan oh, in his oh, early early
2: days. Mm. And Christian Bale and oh. Ken Watanabe and and and, uh, and Liam, Liam Neeson. Neeson.
1: List goes on. Well, it right. was
2: so that was a, a real epiphany, that experience on several levels. Number one I suddenly realised I've got this wrong. I don't want to be a stunt man, I wanna be an actor who can do his own action. Yeah. Um because doing stunt work a lot of it is is waiting around filmmaking as we all know is long arduous tedious and it's always typical um even for professional stuntmen you've prepped your stunt and you're waiting and it will be the last thing in the day often action is left the directors focus on getting the drama right and Mm -hmm. action is sometimes an afterthought so you've been standing around getting stiff for Nine hours, and then suddenly, you,
1: come on, do it yeah, now.
2: Come on, come on, we've we, we got 20 minutes to mm-hmm. get this. Yeah. So, for you know, months of filming, uh, rehearsing and filming for Batman and standing around for ages, I suddenly was watching dialogue scenes with Bale and uh, Neeson. The hairs on the back of my neck were standing up, mm. and I was like, I'm feeling more excitement watching these guys do an intense scene, yeah. Than watching so-and-so do a roll or drawing a sword and doing some stuff. And I'm like, that's it. That feeling I've got. I want that, mm. but I still also want to run up walls and, and, do, and yeah, do flips do and stuff. I want to do both. And, I, and there was a stunt guy. I wish I could remember who it was. And he said to me, quite frankly, here was his advice. He said, if you want the glory, if you want to be in the limelight and you want recognition, mm-hmm. be an actor. If you just love the physicality of stunts and doing stunts and you don't care about being famous, you don't care about people knowing it's you and be a stuntman and you'll be a great stuntman because you're in it because you love the job, not the the ego, the exposure side of it. And you have to ask yourself a very honest question, do I want that? aside from the craft of acting and all the other reasons, do I want to be known? Mm. Do I want to be be exposed for for doing something? Or am I happy to stay in the backgrounds like the Invisible Man, Mm -hmm. contributing heavily to a film, but no one really knowing it's you? And I was like, I want the recognition. So I was instantly, from Batman Begins, I was like, I'm going to stop training for the register. I'll keep training. Mm -hmm, Of course. Keep my skills. Now I need to become... uh, professional actor
1: and how did you go about doing that what did you do did you Hmm. go to uh, classes did you just read books
2: my film school was extras work i signed up with every extras agency i could i remember g2 2020 (laughs) yeah
1: the names wow and and, i used to hate extra work i did it i think maybe twice i Hated it. I couldn't bear the shoving you around and you were treated like cattle. cattle Maybe oh. you got treated better, but no, oh, well, horrible. It, he,
2: here's a good thing, because I, I have kind of po- a positive story with extra work, mm-hmm. right? And that's why Gervais's series was so uh, yeah, great. I know, because the... <laughs> by the time I had graduated uni, I worked out I'd probably done been on 60 different film sets. Wow. And yeah. stuff like... Crazy Stephen Pollock, like, I remember meeting Tom Hardy before mm-hmm. anyone knew Tom Hardy. Stephen Pollock did a TV film called Gideon's Daughter with Miranda Richardson, Bill Nye, Tom Hardy. Right. Watching all these people I did, um, Col- a Colour Me Kubrick or something. Getting to watch John Malkovich. All these are, like, some really, from, from commercials to, like, big.
1: How can you not learn from that?
2: Right? Yeah. So, again, through one of these Star Now type sites mm. i i landed i got an audition for a feature it was an indie feature but i landed one of the the main roles so straight out of uni i moved for, i was at oxford brooks i moved to london um and uh and and did this did this independent film love struck mm. so at least now i had a legit film on my cv so now i i reapproached big management I had a cool headshot, and my approach was different. I'm an actor uh, living and working in London. Um, I've just completed a feature film, Lovestruck. Uh, Also done Batman Begins, whatever. I want to come in this week for a meeting. Just direct, not can you please, maybe, would you perhaps. Mm -hmm. I want to come in for a meeting. I got a call or email back the same day or the next day, can you come in tomorrow? Boom, I was signed up. It was the the confidence. Mm -hmm. I had more confidence because I'd done something. I didn't feel like a a, a charlatan as much. Um, Absolutely.
1: So now you've got an agent, you've got a couple of first good gigs. How did then Born Ultimatum come about? Tell us about the process of that and the auditioning there.
2: Okay, yeah. So that's all I'd really done before Born had come along. I then, God, do I get controversial? Yeah. In, yeah. In. yeah, you do. Okay, yeah. No, well, fuck it. Big management aren't a, a thing anymore. <laughs> yeah, fuck so on. So I'm <laughs> going <laughs> to do this in a, a political way. So that now defunct acting agency I was with was owned, or I guess financed, by an actor who is still working today. Ah, mm-hmm. oh, oh, right. Okay, that okay. well, that's yeah, yeah, yeah. right. And yeah. what I then found out is that this actor, if if he was being put forward for any role, mm. the lead agent would cock-block any of the other actors on the books for going up for that role. Even if they were request cast by the casting director, she would say, they're not available, they're busy. To to give no competition well, he, to... Weren't they going out together or Yeah, something? Right, yeah. So, okay. I was like... So, at this point, I was... Uh, ready to leave this is the thing mm. i was ready to leave this this heinous agency because they had lied about money i did a a, a time watch mm. i played a roman emperor and six months later they hadn't paid oh they still haven't paid oh. i called bbc up myself and said when was payment made they were like within two weeks of shooting so i called and said you're fucking lying blacklisting you to equity give me all my fucking money they paid up and I was in the process, so now I was with a sports modelling agency, mm-hmm. uh, sports uh, promotions, and they were now uh, had a Spotlight link, so I put them on Spotlight as well. So I actually had two agents on Spotlight, luckily. So then I get a call from uh, the sports agent saying, you've just had a request casting from Dan Hubbard for the new film. Mm. And I was like, what? I had no idea that they're making another one. And... Um they she's like, Yeah, and it's for this new um, you know, this kind of new assassin, whatever.
1: You're like, Well so, that sounds amazing. So
2: I was like um, so so I was like, Okay, so the first audition was uh, at Pinewood mm-hmm. with uh the stunt coordinator Gary Powell um and it was a pure physical one. Okay. C- fight choreography and can you ride a motorbike with clutch and gears and stuff.
1: And you went, yeah, kills can. And then went, shit. <laughs> ride a bike. Luckily, I did. It, oh, you did. In, oh, in, in
2: Ghana, I was a big into bikes. I had a motorbike. So, yeah. Best I was, way to get was... around
1: as well in Ghana, yeah. No, I've been.
2: I've yeah, been exactly. Ghana, yeah, yeah. Best way to get away and, and get killed. And <laughs> not, <I've been laughs> no streetlights and pop you know? <laughs> <pot> holes. <laughs> so, so, get this. So, I, I get to the studio. And Dan is there, and, and catch up with Dan, and and I can't remember where I must have auditioned for Dan for something previously because mm. he obviously remembered me to, to to call me in, and then he was like, "Oh, I got a lift here with your agent, Camilla," and I was like, and I was like, f- "Funny that she that you know <laughs> this and morning." He, I think he even he said like he was like funny that that I couldn't get to you through her.
1: And now suddenly she's given me a lift,
2: and and, and the guy who owns the agency yeah. was there, of course. Oh, oh wow! And supposedly in on in the drive, <laughs> she had actually seen the list of actors and was and was like, mm. "What's he doing yeah. there? Why, uh, why is another guy of mm. mine who I've tried to cop block from being there?" So <laughs> someone actively tried to stop me getting going to the audition that they specifically asked me for. So luckily the casting director had, fa- had reached me through the other agent. Fair play to Dan with, Hubbard. Right? Mm. That's sinister shit. Is, I mean, that is, horrible. is so it's, horrible. It's dark. So thanks to him for being persistent and, yeah. and getting to me. And, you know, it was the best fuck you for me to actually yeah. land the role in the end. But yeah. the process was for Bourne. So now we've moved after that dark story. First audition was physical bike and fight choreography luckily there were two other guys auditioning who i knew and fighting was kind of you know choreography was my speciality so i was like i made a point to pair up with two guys i knew Mm. because it's in those things it can be a clash of egos every guy is trying to and choreography is about making each other look good yeah so i'd pair up with a guy and say, look let me take the lead, but I'm going to make sure I'm going to be giving you notes and making sure our distance. So we both look good. Mm. We're selling it. We're not, not about clashing heads. It's about moving synergistically, working together. You know? Absolutely. So we did that. And even before they said swap round, which I knew they would do, I said, let's swap and learn person a learn person B's choreography and so on. So we're one step ahead of the game. Mm. Do that for like half an hour. Then they say swap partners, and then I make a beeline for the other dude I know. Yeah. Same process. So, you know, mm. it's all good. And then at the end of that, you had to do the choreography with one of the stunt guys, the register guys. And boom, done. And I gave Gary my um, sort of tricks show real martial arts mm-hmm. tricks show real. Then I get a call from Dan saying, right, it's down to like five of you, five or three of you. Mm. and this time it was more drama-based because the script changed so much for Ultimate. I imagine it did, right? yeah. The whole yeah. thing with the pills in Bourne Legacy, do you remember with the Jeremy Renner one? Yeah. If they don't take these pills, they go into like a withdrawal, a shock, yes. and it's a way of the CIA controlling them, stopping them going rogue once mm. they deny them their these meds. Mm. So that was originally part of uh, the writing from Bourne ah. that they ended up taking out and then was using later. was used yeah. later. So in the fight with Bourne originally, I start going into withdrawal. So I'm trying to get to this bag whilst fighting him to get this pill. Mm-hmm. And Bourne clocks on that he's hurting. And he's so Bourne's kicking the bag away. And gradually I weaken, and that's how he defeated me. And there's this whole thing where I go into shop where he takes my phone out and he's saying to me, Code it in that you've killed me, code it in. So it was all it was different. Mm-hmm. So I remember going and doing that audition and uh, gave it my all. And who's in the room at the Just time? Dan. Just Dan. Just Dan, Dan. Because I was in Plymouth. My mum lives in Plymouth and mm-hmm. I lived down there for four years um, before going to uni. And uh, I called the agent and said, please check if there's going to be any recall. Is it going to be next few days? No. So I go down to Plymouth. Of course, cool. yeah. Joey, you need to be here in three hours for a recall. What? I'm in fucking Plymouth, so... So I have to race back. Yeah. And then it was like a nighttime thing. It was like going to his office at night or something. <laughs> you know? So we do the thing. Then I get a call. Joey, it's down to two of you now. And it, it and, 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 and you couldn't be more different from one another. And Paul wants to meet you at his house. Paul Greengrass, yeah, the director. Paul okay. Greengrass. So you've got to go to his house in Henley. And at this stage, I think I was already getting calls from the studio for my passport details because if you got it, and you were, sizes, yeah, you were going. You'd be off to LA for two weeks to train with eighty-seven eleven, oh. wow. and then we'll come back for three days to London, then to Morocco for six weeks or whatever, right? Nice. So it felt like you had it because they were booking tickets, but I thought maybe they're doing it with him, and they're maybe mm-hmm. like they're going to have hold and just. Mm-hmm execute Um, (laughs) so then i say to this the psychological i say okay cool 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 i I calm my nerves i say okay but then we're not even auditioning he just wants to meet me but if the other actor is there at the same time that's going to be a bit awkward because it's like this bidding war of mm-hmm. selling yourself. Yeah,
1: yeah. And egos maybe getting in the way. Yeah, word. and yeah. I said,
2: that's going to be a bit uncomfortable. Like if And he Dan was like, yeah, that's a good point. I hadn't thought about that. He said, well, maybe? look. <laughs> he, he was like... Paul's an intelligent guy. If he's if he's decided to have you there at the same time, then he's probably got a good reason for it.
1: They want you to fight,
2: <laughs> exactly. it's yeah. like for real. It's <laughs> real. So I was like, "Cool." So strategy for that, I was like, "If I get there, and it's a staggered timing. Fine. I'll just be myself and 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 convince Paul for why I'm the man for the job. Mm-hmm. Right? You can speak freely and talk about the role and what you can bring to it. I thought." If the, the, the other actor is there at the same time, I'm predicting he will be doing whatever he can to sell, to, to talk up and, you know. So I'm going to take the, the gamble. I'm just going to be, I'm going to convey the character, cool under fire, mm-hmm. disinterested. I'll let the guy speak for 98% of the time and say nothing. If Paul wants to ask me something, He'll ask I'll, me. I'll drop Gold in response. I, I'm not going to waffle. I'm not going to speak for the sake of speaking. Mm-hmm. So they send a car for me. Drive out to Henley to Paul's amazing um, uh, mansion house. Yes, yeah, so it's oh. like a great farmhouse, and he's got offices on site as well, separate to the house, like almost two story actual. So he can do all his pre production stuff oh, from amazing from his HQ. So we, I, the, the, the the car pulls up. Long gravel driveway with like an orchid, like growing over, lovely, yeah, so beautiful. Trish. And I see Paul with this other actor strolling down, hand in hand. And I'm like, <laughs> and I'm like, oh god, this guy. I could tell by the body language, this guy is is in. He's he's. He, and look, who wouldn't, right? I'm not. Yeah. No hate to the guy. It's all's fair in love and war. But I'm like, this guy is putting the hard sell on. So I thought, right, plan B. So I... Ran him over. <laughs> <laughs> so I go up there, say hi to the guy, hi to Paul. Mm-hmm. We're walking down. The guy's talking, 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 literally, for what feels like 10 minutes. I don't say a word. I'm just walking with them, just listening. Not feeling the need to contribute, not feeling the pressure to contribute Good. anything. Mm-hmm. Paul's like, yeah, come into the kitchen. We'll make a cup of tea. So we go in there. The guy's still going, and the guy is then, Obviously, I did my research on Paul and mm-hmm. and then interviews with Paul and his thoughts on Bond being a misogynist and this. I remember there's a quote and this guy was quoting back to Paul as his own thoughts, Paul's oh God, no. almost word for word, no. and I was just like, oh, jeez. <laughs> so then Paul's daughter comes home from school or something, and I chat to her a bit, and uh, it's, it's the family dogs there. I'm playing with a dog, and just like not yeah. really. Engaging. I'm just like, when okay. Paul wants to speak to me, I'm not going to say anything. Force until, my way in. Yeah. 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 So then he says, okay, let's go to the office. And then, of course, it gets to a point. He says, okay, so Joey, blah, 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 blah ask me some stuff. Go into his office. You know, tell me about your acting backgrounds, Joey, other dude. Tell me about your combat backgrounds, Joey, the other dude. Sell yourself. Wow. Um, and then oh, he was like, look, o- only one of you. Can get the dash role both of you have really impressed me i think you'll go far in your careers but only one of you can get but whichever one of you doesn't get the dash role i'll find something else for you in the film and he did oh wow, wow. and he was really nice so one of the techie cia techie hub mm-hmm. roles the other guy um did that oh man And because of how many reshoots are long it's probably about five months work yeah nice. dude roy made more money than i did <laughs> <laughs> Just for the sheer number, the number of, of having to be yeah. there, tapping yeah. away. Um, but that was that, and uh, and getting that call. You know, it's it that's a real changer. Um, and I remember speaking to Matt later about that concept, and this is this is a really interesting anecdote for <laughs> everyone listening. Because um, I, I remember sitting with Matt and saying that look. This is amazing. You know what I'm going through. This is my big break. It's mm. dream bloody come true. When I did my first feature film after uni, the director and me went to the cinema to watch Supremacy. And here I am in the in, in the, the, the born world. The I it. try and explain to people. It's like watching Indiana Jones and then going in and being able to put on Indy's hat, hold his whip. Like, yeah. you, you can smell, you can smell it. I guess. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> And I said, "This is just an amazing. You, you, my fantasy has come true, mm. and that's that. So a shift happens in your brain. So I spoke to Matt about this concept, and we shared. Went around the houses, and he he said something really interesting. He said him and Don Chido were playing golf and were talking about this same thing. And he kind of asked him, how, you know, how's it changed after? And they came to the conclusion that before you get your big break. Your dreams have a ceiling limit on them mm. that you can't see beyond. Mm. So as an actor, will I ever be in a big theatrical movie with a, a a role that means something? Yeah. You know, that people recognize and talk about. And will I ever even achieve that mm. in my whole life? Is your ceiling limit. Once you achieve that, there is no limit. Mm. It gives you this kind of almost godly kind of s- scope of I can do anything now because something that seemed impossible mm. has now been made possible. Yeah. So now there is no limit. Mm. What, and, and if I hadn't done Born, I wouldn't have envisioned Street Fighter thinking, mm. how hard can this filmmaking thing be? I'll write direct produce, raise several million, make this thing. <laughs> I'll do better than the studios have done it. Fuck it. But you wouldn't have that almost arrogant... Level of self belief. Yeah, Yeah. if you hadn't made a fancy become a reality. Yeah, right.
1: Yeah,
0: Yeah. Yeah. that's such a powerful message because it is in there, isn't it? The limitation is in in the mind, Mm. but until you until you break through that, you. You don't realise it's in the mind. You think it's an actual imitation. Yeah. Absolutely. That's a really powerful I'd, message.
1: Same when I made The Dare recently. It was the same. It was like we're trying to make a film, as you know, because you came and helped me out on one of the teasers we made for a feature film that didn't happen. Joey wonderfully came and choreographed it. I was always the same. I was like, I want to make a feature film. I want to make a feature film. Mm. And suddenly I'm there. It's, it's like, oh, I've done that. Oh, okay, cool. Now, suddenly the doors are opening, and there's another yeah. world up there that, oh, I, I did do that and I did enjoy it. Mm. And it's that, that was a thing as well. Will I enjoy it when I get there? And you're like, oh, yeah, sort of, some of it. <laughs> but <laughs> the feeling of it is amazing. You and can the, belief yourself, the belief in yourself unlocks huge.
2: A, a huge sense of self accomplishment. Mm. You just realize hard work, you can never escape hard yeah you've still got to put it in but 100 but it is it's it's strategizing your way you need talent look you know it's it's from a psychology point of view it's one of the most profound things isn't it like fantasy i mean anyone who's working in this industry who's stood the test of time Mm -hmm. all of us have experienced that because you're like i I am actually now doing the thing that once i dreamt will i ever Yeah. yeah you know, do I dare? Am I am I w- worthy? Mm-hmm. Wayne's World, we're not worthy. <laughs> <Yeah>. True, <laughs> it is. I mean, you still get those doubts,
1: yeah. but actually, once you go, no, no, I am worthy. I, I have worked hard. We have strived to be here, and we're here. You know, yeah. We're, yeah. we're doing something about it and making a difference. So let's talk about actually filming Born for You then, uh, and going through all those that brilliant fight scene with Matt mm. Damon. How many days were you filming that?
2: So the shoot schedule was five and a half weeks in Morocco for everything but the fight. Okay, that you so see all the motorcycle all the stuff, stuff, the looks. Yeah. yeah, the born running on the rooftops, mm-hmm. uh, me blowing up the bomb. Right. You know, I remember the whole the, course, yeah. the scooter, and then I changed to the other bike, and uh, that was great because we had police motorcades for any of the driver s- scooter scenes. Mm-hmm. For one of them, they, we had motorcycle outriders at the front. And they just cut a path through Tangier and it's follow the leader and you've got a quad bike with a camera on yeah. the mount and you're just driving.
1: Really? You're just going? It is
2: wow. incredible. Wow. And, and Matt's doing it and then I do it and then Matt does it. Later, for, when I after I've blown up the bomb and I'm on the other scooter and I'm coming back to get Julia Styles, mm-hmm. <clears throat> do you remember she then breaks her phone like a breadcrumb mm-hmm. trail yeah. and leaves it for Bourne to follow? I was just driving in real traffic. Greengrass' style is so cool, he'll set up long lens, huge telephoto lenses. Mm. We're talking hundred meters away. You probably can't even see them. No, right? yeah. You're almost like the 80s, like the camera's that some, way. Yeah. And you're just some of those shots, when especially when I'm coming back to that cafe where she was, mm-hmm. I'm just in real traffic. I'm literally <laughs> just we with taxis and shit cutting <laughs> you off. True. You're just riding. Mm. And and all the market scenes. Mm. Pursuing her through those Medina, you know, the kind of uh, souks and and stuff in the in the Tangier sort of Moroccan markets. Most of those weren't extras. It's just it's just real people going about their business. Because again, the camera's so far away, there's no real sense that filming's going on. And yeah. ad will step out and whisper, "Action." and that's it so uh, everyone around you is just doing going about their day and
0: the great thing about that being on a long lens there's no recognition and there's no release forms needed for all those hundreds of people so yeah, yeah. it's a win-win right Yeah, yeah. That, that's a lot of extras otherwise yeah well they did that's it
1: really in cool. Waterloo when they did the, all the stuff yes, there yeah, all those people you exactly. see they, they had no idea they were being yeah, filmed exactly. they watched the film like fuck that's i it
2: <laughs> I want some money. So they get kind of like maybe 30 extras, what they try and do to put around you immediately. But then everyone else is... um, Just background, real people. Yeah, it's just background. And that juncture, um, particularly filming that shot, again, was a real big acting lesson, actually, because Mm. um, we're all idealists to begin with in life, in acting... In martial art, you know anything you do, this is the way to do it. It's like you do karate. I'm a karate man, and this is how you block. Mm-hmm. And this, you must twist your hand over when you punch. And you think that's the gospel. As as an actor, you're like emotional truth. It has to come from a place of 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 uh, legitimate, genuine. Mm-hmm. You know believability, the, the, yeah, the source and all that. So it's my big break, and it's like I need to act the shit out of this. <laughs> So I'm like, right, for this scene, I'm pursuing Julia. She's up there, maybe 20 meters up ahead, this narrow going uphill, sea of people. What would I do if I'm genuinely in this situation? I'm thinking, I'm not worried about the camera or any vanity. So I'm just like, any gap, I'm going to slip through. I'm going to try and just... um, lubricate my way through this crowd right <laughs> and just slip take gaps because people are going all over mm-hmm. the place so we do a take and this is what you learn about green grass he doesn't tell you what he wants if it doesn't work for him he'll say cut's not working go oh. again He he won't say it's not working because of this oh okay it's not working so with any scene you do for paul You can have five approaches, legitimate approaches to this scene, and it's a a, a process of elimination. I tried this, didn't like that. Tried this, (laughs) didn't like that. I tried this, he liked that. Okay, I could have done that straight away. Has he? Had he said? But that's not his process. He doesn't want to add artifice. So, so I do it. I'm slipping through. Cut. It's not working. Not looking strong enough. Okay, mm. I'm not believing. You're not in the zo- get get in the in in the zone. You're and you're killer, thinking, you're, shit, you're I was. I felt like yeah. I was. So I, right. so I go back to ones. And the ad's like, look, Joey. The- Most of these people aren't extras. You can't just, just, you know, be careful. You can't just knock people out the way or whatever. So I'm like, cool. Okay, it's not looking strong. So I'm going. Bam, bam, bam. Slipping through. Shoo, 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 slipping through. Cart's not looking good shit you're shitting uh, yourself uh, yeah then like third take it's not it's not looking strong like so then eventually he he calls me up to the monitor and is like look joey see look every time you look strong when you're square onto the camera you look strong every time you turn or kind of palm someone past you it looks too polite it looks Mm. too gentle Mm. it doesn't look Macho enough, it doesn't look strong. He loves the word macho, more macho, more macho, please. So I was like, I was like, but Paul, every take it's a different where there was a gap, there is no gap, there's people walking horizontally, diagonally towards you. And then he was like, If we don't get it, we're just gonna lose the shot, move on. Wow, <laughs> so I was, I was like, it's like you're on your own, you're yeah, on your you've own, just boat. Got a so then I away. was like. Then I, well, I did one more take and I buffed someone off me and then AD was like look you can't just body check people out the way they're not I'm like I'm being put one person so I'm like okay. Yeah, okay it's a visual now I've seen the shot yes super long so you've got soft focus front it's just a sea of soft heads mm-hmm. then you've got this band of, of focus with me in it and then a sea of soft heads behind whatever I do I, sh- I can't turn side on mm-hmm so if there's a, rather than twisting through gaps, I have to kind of do this. I mean, those of you listing listening can't see what I'm doing, but imagine. How... You're, like,
1: you're almost like a uh, scissor. So you're going left and right, but without yes, twisting you're, your body. You're,
2: you're, you're planing through people. Mm. So I'm like, okay, you can't see from my chest down. So even if I have to river dance, this is going to feel absurd. I'm going to have to do the most absurd kind of like a crab (laughs) walking sideways to slip through gaps. Mm -hmm. But fuck it, I'm going to do it. What what recourse have I got left? So I do it, and it feels absurd, but I'm keeping the focus. focus. And he's like, great, brilliant. Exactly what I wanted. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> if only you can see your feet Yeah, away yeah. like, like you're in West. This felt life. the most false, untrue, contrived um, thing ever. But mm-hmm. it's a visual film is a it's visual medium. medium. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and unless you're doing some super art housey, you know, all handheld, graded grey like fucking EastEnders, just like. Come as you are, mm-hmm. no vanity. If you're doing a Hollywood blockbuster, even something as nuanced as Born, you have to appreciate the, the the framing. Yeah. Of if you're a, if you're a villain and you're a shark and you're hunting, there's a certain posture, head down, mm-hmm. eyes laser beam, never blinking.
1: Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah.
2: And and you suddenly learn it's like dr- driving on the motorbike, searching. I would think I'm he Could be anywhere. Every crossroads, I'm going to be scanning down. Stop doing that. Just look straight ahead. Eventually, I said, what, Paul? Like Terminator. You literally like (laughs) like a robot. He was like, yeah. I was like, got it.
1: Right, that's it. That was the note. Yeah. And then I would go to second unit, Mm
2: -hmm. and the the second unit director would say, you know, Joey... you got to do a bit more. It's called acting. You know, you should be be searching down. You just staring ahead. I'm like... Listen, the director (sighs) said. And this is what happens to an actor. You get pulled Mm -hmm. and pushed in every direction. Absolutely, I said, this is what Paul... And then you see the end product. You know, I completely get it. Because it looks like... The analogy Paul and I came up with is a great white shark. He's got the scent of blood and he's just going. Mm -hmm. And those dark eyes that almost are soulless. They're just... Going for it and too much turning and looking yeah. at humanizes the character. Mm. Yeah, the, the, the physicality of Desh dehumanizes him and makes him much more of a uh, a scary mm. uh, specter of death. Do to, you know what I mean? It really
0: does come across. It, that stays with you, doesn't it? I mean, it does, yeah. exactly When you just said about the dark eyes and the soullessness, of mm. it. That's, that's what that's what I remember of that role. It was, mm. And it was brilliantly done. Well done, man. It yeah, thank was, you. It That was that's it, down to you, not Paul.
1: Yeah, it sounds like <laughs> it. Let's talk about the fight a little bit because obviously this fight is talked about a lot. So it'd be really interesting to get your side of it and how you and Matt worked together and how it was safe and all that kind of stuff because it looked really. Um, <laughs> it was, it was Unsafe.
0: It was kind of breaking into new territory in terms of the way it was filmed as well, wasn't it? it was, yeah, it was very it was handheld. Very the time. right, yeah, right in amongst it, and very, very
2: handheld. Yeah, yeah. fantastic. Thank you. Um, yeah, good memories about that. We shot that in Pinewood, so oh. we they built us, a, 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 you know, a, a perfect set replica that was amazing with mm. some exterior because the window he jumps through so the exterior of of the stunt double doing the leap kai martin his name is through the window that was done for real in Morocco, but the interior coming in was at pinewood on a set and they could have matt do that smash through Mm -hmm. um some sugar glass windows in um We actually did six 13-hour days to shoot that fight. About two and a half days or three with first unit, with Paul, and then the rest, second unit. The good thing, once Paul had got all the shots he wanted for the fight from start to finish, second unit could come in and start cutting holes out of the walls and putting the camera in impossible places so like when yeah. i get smashed into the cabinet with the book in my throat mm-hmm. you'll notice there's a shot over my shoulder and it's almost and impossible like, How to be is there? That possible so they've yeah. actually cut the back of the wall behind the cabinet and the back of the cabinet and put the camera in the cabinet mm. shots that you know, you wouldn't think of like that would require you to literally to start destroying the set yeah. um but when you've got all your coverage and now it's like okay we're going sequentially we're not going to see this room again so let's just trash it and sure. put the camera in all these cool places yeah where people are going to impact so you've got a hole in a wall and they just put like a plank two by four so there's something for you to hit against but the camera's right there or they put some like plexiglass so it was again as a filmmaker it was really interesting mm-hmm. seeing that okay you're destroying this beloved this beautiful set so you can get these extra these special shots. Yeah. yeah. Um It was exhausting. There's a lot of real contact in that fight. Um particularly if you look rewatch that fight after he's slammed the book into my throat after a bit of struggling, he holds the book against my face, punches it twice, punch, punch, then pulls the book away and elbows me. Mm. That elbow hits me flush on the jaw, and oh. you see my head rebound from the force of that elbow against the cabinet. Oh. I remember seeing a flash and almost thinking, "What happened?" It was very close to being KO'd. Wow! Those your eyes wow. flash, and you're a bit like whoa, because you can't see when the book's held. Of course, your yeah, face, you now can't see even how close it's going to be. Punching the books, so you're getting this impact, oh. and then he bang, and see, that's you probably heard that then. I, I gave the microphone a little hit. But you just, bang, so you can't brace for it because you yeah. can't tell when it's coming. Yeah. But what's good about choreography? With choreography, you, 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 you learn the moves to a degree like a routine, mm-hmm. right? I'm going to do a jab cross. You're going to parry the jab, slip the cross. Then I'm going to throw a hook, and you're going to bob under the hook and then grab me. Let's say that's what it is. Yeah. You learn it like a dance, so you remember it, like autopilot. But to make it have emotion, you then have to take away the safe dance routine. So I remember there were times I'd say to Matt, after that jab cross I'm throwing, when I throw the hook, I'm going for your jaw. I'm not going above your head. I'm not going in front of your face, like short. I'm going for your jaw. Are you happy? That's where my so he's gonna bob under it but what that gives you if you get to that level of trust with with two people screen fighting the danger is fully present because if 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 i'm fighting you giles Mm -hmm. and you know in this sequence i'm gonna throw a punch if you know i'm actually going for your jaw yep as soon as you see me start initiating that there's If someone took a still frame of your face, there's that wide-eyed terror of, shit, I've got to get out of the way. And the speed that you move, the motivation to bob under it, is now under pain of real damage. Yeah, Not because the choreography says you have to duck under it. Which makes
1: it look great on camera, right? Because it's a real movement and real fear.
2: Exactly. So, So not only in you who's going to duck under the punch do you have the fear and the quickness of desperate quickness of movement that's Mm. true but everything about me the attacker throwing the hook is true because i'm all i'm thinking my my motivation like an actor delivering a line what's my motivation my motivation is to take your jaw off your head Mm. that's all i'm thinking about (laughs) so from the distancing to the timing to the shape of my fist Mm -hmm. if you took a still frame mid hook Everything says this guy is trying to kill this guy. And everything about your face in evasions says, holy shit, a a killer punch is coming for my face. And that's why that fight felt so viscerally real a lot, because the intention behind the attacks, it's not just you do this, then I do this, then I do Mm. and which is a lot of fights. You can see people going through the beats. And what really, as a choreographer, annoys me is... So many fights, there's a metro- metronomic rhythm to it. Pat, bat, bat. So yeah. it would be punch, block, duck, hit, kick, mm-hmm. grab, slam. And real combat has broken rhythm. Pat, 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 ha, ha, ha. And, and it's those sudden lunges and surges that mm. keep you on your toes and, and, mm-hmm. and surprise you. Because you can't predict. When you fall into a predictable yeah. rhythm, your brain, in a way, as a viewer... Predicts where the next punch and block's coming, and your brain starts to fill in the gaps. That's yeah. what we do as viewers. Mm. You, you, you try and think Pre-empts two steps it. ahead, Absolutely. right? Yeah. Sure. Yeah. So, breaking rhythm and training your actors to the point where you've learned the choreography, now you're fighting each other. Mm. You know, if, if I'm going to front kick you in the chest and you're going to um, slip it by turning your body sideways, I don't want to kick short. I want to just let me kick you in the chest. You just get out the way. It's your, f- and then I tell them it's your fault. If you get hit, it's your fault. Mm.
1: You yeah. know, and you're saying that to Matt Damon. I love that. Yeah. 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 And he was like, cool, man, but we had got, th- you were already respected each other and had each other's trust and back. Yeah.
2: And, and the training eight, seven eleven. it was Jeff Amada was mm-hmm. the, who's a legend. Yeah. Um, uh, he was the choreographer and John Usebio was the assistant choreographer. So, working with them, and Dave Leach, one of the owners of 8711, director of Deadpool 2, is um, he was Matt's double. Matt did, I would say, 90% of that fight himself. The only bits that weren't Matt is when I throw him against the wall and he falls on the couch. That was Dave Leach. And... um, when I pick Born up and dump tackle him onto the table Oof. before getting that candlestick ashtray thing, yeah, and start clubbing him, everything else you see is Matt. But Dave obviously did a pass of the fight as well, just in case. Yeah. And um, they were great. The training was great in terms of so they worked out the choreography. I did training in L.A., mm-hmm. so they had worked out the choreography. So then in London they had Matt in. Learn his choreography with one of their team doing my choreography. I see. Then yeah. they had me in learn my choreography with against one, one, of, one their, of them doing Matt. See, yeah. And then they put me and Matt together mm. for the first time doing it in a hotel conference room, you know, <laughs> in Knightsbridge somewhere. <laughs> yeah. Mandarin Oriental Hotel or somewhere crazy like that. And then we got on set for the first time and started to block it Block out through with, it. Yeah. Um, on set. And, uh, but these the, the problem with how these fights are shot, and this is something I, I sort of try and educate directors and producers about, you can't shoot a fight like you do a dialogue scene. And so many directors, because they don't know any better, they're like, right, we're going to get a wide master mm-hmm. of the fight. Then we're going to get a mid-master of the fight. Then we're going to get a close. Yeah master of the fight, then we're going to get over the shoulder, over the shoulder. Just like you would a, 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 a standard ABC coverage, mm-hmm. right? The problem with a wide... Let's start with a wide master, which is what they always start with. A wide master, you only use to bookend. Yeah, you establish, beginning the end. You establish your, so your place. Yeah. Even for fight aficionados, the the John Wick fans, everyone's like, oh, they need to be wider so we can see... People are like little kids. If you're too wide, it, it, you're you're so detached from the fight. Mm. It's like watching something on stage, and that's mm. the problem. You look at Shaw Brothers' 1970s kung fu films; they're staged and filmed as if they are on stage because all those kung fu performers in those films came from Peking Opera. Yeah, right. So it's staged literally like that. It's a wide. You can. It's yeah. a wide, and mm. they're side on. There's never many down the barrel action mean. they're always as if you're from the perspective so we've been conditioned for kung fu movies for these super wides mm. on stage but it doesn't if you're too you want to see i think when there's good kicking action you want to be wide enough to see it but then also know when to come in to see the faces, and I think that the, the 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 lensing and the and the camera distance has to match whatever's going on in in the action. So it's exhausting. You shoot a wide master of the whole fight.
1: You're oh, already fucked. You're right? going
2: to use probably five seconds of that in the final edit mm-hmm. yet you've now knackered your you, you, the best of your actor's energy has been spent in that wide master
1: yeah because they'll go for it they're proper going yeah for it. yeah
2: and yeah. by the time you get to the coverage that is going to make up the bulk of the ed- edit of the fight which is going to be the mid mm-hmm. the mid shots and some of the closest you're fucked yeah yeah you're past your best and now you're getting sub quality stuff
1: so would you suggest to go do the close-ups first to come in that way or to to follow the action almost like green grass did in his in his work
2: i well but but that's how how green grass shoots it's all handheld so Mm -hmm. that gives it but they still do a wide master a mid master a close master Mm -hmm. and over the shoulder over the shoulder so, you're exhausting six thirteen hour days for a, i i anyone who who thinks that's the way to shoot a fight, let me choreograph a fight for you and shoot it that way, and you perform it, and then tell me whether you still think that's the way to do it.
1: <laughs> um just jumping in here. it's Charles. It's very late. I'm uploading the podcast, and my voice is tired <laughs> clearly. um we had so much great chat from Joey. We decided to make this a two parter. The second part will be available on Friday where Joey talks more about that born fight with Matt Damon and we chat in depth about his directing debut, Street Fighter and the ups and downs of making that. And we also chat about his latest projects working opposite Tom Cruise, no less, in Mission Impossible 6 and Guy Ritchie's Aladdin. So do join us then. Thank you for listening and we'll see you Friday. Bye for now.